This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Did you all bring a Bible with you tonight? Huh? Or a device? Surely you have something. All right. Let's open our Bibles again to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Your Bibles actually probably ought to start falling open to this scripture. We've been at this for, well, actually about two months. And, um, but I tell you what, the Word of God is just inexhaustible. One minister, the late Frederick Casey Price, said that the Word of God is pregnant and it is always giving birth to new facets of revelation. So praise God, we can get in the Word and we can feed on the Word and then we can have those kind of, ah, i never seen that before, awesome, that's good. How I many you know what I'm talking about? So it can always be a fresh word to our heart if we're open to it. So anyway, 2 Corinthians 5, let's pray together and we'll uh, get into the Word. Father, we love you so much. Thank you again today for this day you've made for us to rejoice, to be glad in. Father, oh, we're so grateful for the eternal hope that we have of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this promise that you've given to us. We see it fast approaching, Father. We know that he's at the threshold. We know, Father, the fulfillment of all those things that Jesus said and the prophets before are being fulfilled and, Father, are coming to pass. So we rejoice and we thank you for the privilege of being a part of the church to have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We thank you also, Father God, that you've commissioned us as the church to be a light to the world and to be the salt of the earth. And so, Father, I ask you to help each and every one of us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. You told us to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and those that do not will be lost. And so, Father God, help us to have courage, boldness, Father God, not to be afraid, Father God, to be able to speak, hallelujah, as would be the oracles of God, that which we know. And Father, we thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We're using this as our text for this particular series of uh, teaching that we've had on the life of faith. And of course, uh, verse 7 says, for we walk by what? Faith. And not by what? Faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, if you walk by sight, you can get discouraged in a hurry. Not only that, but you can, you can uh, think certain things that aren't really true. Thank God Jesus came and said that you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. And so thank God for his word. So on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the life of faith, and Jesus reveals one of his purposes in coming. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I came that you might have life and have, <clears throat> excuse me, have it more abundantly. Jesus wants the child of God, the believer, you, to have an abundant life. <clears throat> His life, life as God knows it, hallelujah. When it said, I came that you might have life, it's the Greek word zoe, and again, it means life as God knows it. And how many of you know God's not afraid? It's not worried, not anxious about one thing, hallelujah. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows everything that's going to happen before it happens because he's God. 
And praise God, he told us to trust in him, to rely on him, to look to him, to follow him, and to obey him. But he said, <clears throat> one again, one of the purposes of Jesus' coming was so that you and I could have life and life more abundant. But you have to also realize that that life is best realized through faith. You know, without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. Hallelujah, for he that comes to God must believe, first of all, that he exists or that he is. How many of you believe he exists tonight? And that he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. Yeah, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I tell you what, I can't believe how religion has cast our Heavenly Father into such a bad light. If we would just read the Bible, we'd find out so many things about the simple fact that God is a good God, and he loves us. I mean, he showed it. He demonstrated it when he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to die for the sins of the world. What a gift. Hallelujah. And so praise God. Hopefully we can get our heads wrapped around this truth and stop believing the lies of the devil. You know, I mean, we have things that go on in our lives and all of a sudden we're questioning, you know, that this somehow may be the will of God or whatever. But I tell you what, praise God. <laughs> he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came so that you might have life and life more abundant. So if the things going on in our life kills, steals, and destroys, it's not from heaven, it's from hell. But if it brings life and life more abundant, then it is from heaven. Hallelujah, and we can embrace it, amen? You say, well, what happens or what do you do when the hell shows up? Resist him. I said resist him, that's what faith is. Says, oh no, you don't, devil, you're not having that in my house because I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus was made a curse for me, hallelujah, so that the blessing of Abraham could come on me and everybody else that's a believer like myself. So thank God we can rejoice in what it is that he's provided for us. Can you say amen? Let's look at John chapter eight again. <clears throat> we used this scripture last week when we were together. And notice with me again, Jesus said something significant here that we wanna make sure that, uh, hallelujah, Praise God that we get a hold of. Amen. I just read this, this verse here pre, pre, uh, prior to uh, the text that I want us to read here. But Jesus made this statement in verse 29. It says, and he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Hallelujah. How many of you know we're not alone? Praise God. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. But Jesus makes this declaration and he says, he that has sent me is with me. The father's not left me alone for I do or because I do always those things that please him. Well, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Hallelujah. How many of you know it's smart and wise to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. And many believed on him. And then in 31, Jesus said to those Jews, which believed on him, if, everybody say if. Yes. How many of you know that's conditional? Yes. Yeah. If you continue in my word. A lot of people want to argue whether or not the Bible's true or whether the word works or, you know, all these different kinds. Listen, the Bible is true and the word works. And if it ain't working, it's not because of God. It's somehow or another, we're at an impasse we're, we're not making a, a connection. The problem is never with him. 
Now, you know, you don't have to, you know, get all beat up on, you know, and, and whatever on, on, on yourself because of this, but you just got to realize, God, I'm, 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 not miss, I'm, not, I'm not connecting here. Somehow or another, I don't have what it is that I need. Father, show me. Thank God that's why he gave us the Holy Ghost. But you know, the Bible did say that you need to ask and it'll be given to you. Hallelujah. And seek. And guess what? You'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. So in this verse, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the Bible is progressive revelation. There's a lot of things when I first got saved. I mean, you talk about turning on a light bulb, man. My life got changed. All of a sudden, Jesus was real. And not only that, but thank God that my sins had been washed away. Now, I didn't have a clue, but I knew him. I had been introduced to the king. And so as I began to read the word of God, just as you have, more and more light came regarding the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God that he has in each and every one of our lives. Now, don't get yourself all overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. Jesus said all these things would come to pass. Huh? I don't, you know, it's like Peter said. He said, you shouldn't think it's some kind of strange thing that you should experience any kind of a fiery trial that might want to try your faith. He went on then to explain, praise God, just go for it and believe God and God will see you through. Now, that's a paraphrased version of that, but it's true. Isn't that right? So he said, you'll know the truth. As a matter of fact, let's go over there and take a look at that. Turn over to, uh, um, I believe it's 2 Peter, the first chapter. 2 Peter. Nah, I'm going to have to do a little hunting here because I'm, I'm getting off the beaten path. Hallelujah. Um, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'll get there. And you're probably sitting there thinking, well, you should know this. You should know where it is. Well, what about you? Huh? Okay. Somebody uh, get your concordance out and look at for the word. Uh, huh? What, sorry? Fiery. Spelled F-I-E-R-Y. Fairy, yeah, fairy. Well, here, let's just look at this, okay? How am I? First Peter four and twelve. See, I knew it was in there. Yeah, verse twelve. Yeah, right there all the time, would it? Look at it with me. First Peter, First Peter, chapter four, verse twelve. Beloved, how many of those do we have here tonight? Okay, so it's talking to you. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. We do this all the time. Oh my God, Lord, you know, I'm serving you, and all of a sudden now I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we think it's not going to happen or shouldn't happen or whatever, you know. 
Well, we live in this world, and the God of this world makes every attempt that he can to try to throw the child of God off the will of God and the plan of God. He uses circumstances. He can use people. You know, he can use all kinds of things. But you and I just have to continue in the word of God, knowing the truth of God's word, stand our ground, take the high road, do the right thing. Come on now. Huh? And in the end, we're going to win. So he says, don't think it's some kind of strange thing that has happened to you, but rejoice. Hallelujah. Sounds like James, doesn't it? Count it all joy, brethren, whenever you fall into various temptations, trials, and tests, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works endurance. And you're to let, you know, this, this trial or whatever you want to call it, let patience or endurance have its perfect work so that you come to a place of being perfect and entire, lacking no good and beneficial thing. You say, I don't like being in the pressure cooker. None of us do. But you know, the reality is, is even though you're in there, you can say, devil, it don't matter. Turn up the heat because in the end, I'm going to be justified. I'm going to be redeemed. I'm going to be rewarded, praise God, because I'm staying with my heavenly father. Amen. So if you find yourself in a tough spot, the Bible says in verse 13, rejoice. Amen. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've said to myself, Father, this is just another grand opportunity for you to show yourself strong in our behalf. Hallelujah. And just rejoice. Amen. You know, these tests and trials, you know, I mean, God is not sadistic. It's not like the ant that's crawling across the ground and you get a magnifying glass and put it in the sun and chase him with it. You know what I'm saying? And yet a lot of folk, that's the way they think about our father and nothing could be further from the truth. He said, but it rejoice in as much as your partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding great joy. Amen? And if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Man, I'm telling you what, there's all kinds of statements being made against Christians here of late, publicly. You know, they're doing whatever, you know. And the Bible tells us, you know, in this verse of Scripture that you ought to be happy for the spirit of glory and the God and the spirit of God rests upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, back up into the first chapter, because really Peter, in writing this letter, he kind of starts it off with the same kind of thing. He said, uh, talks about our inheritance, it's incorruptible. And verse 6, he says, wherein you greatly rejoice, so now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations or tests or trials. You know, for a season. How many of you have been in those seasons? You might be in one of those seasons right now. But again, I'm telling you, it's not like God walked off and said, well, just do the best you can. Hope it turns out all right. No, man, praise God. He's in the fiery furnace with you. This is not my message, but it's good anyway. Are you listening to me? Because I'm telling you what, the devil's a liar. And he again comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said he'd give us life. Life and life more abundant. So it says here, it says... uh, who are kept, well, I'm sorry, wherein you greatly rejoice. Well, let's, let's back up. Man, this is all good. To an inheritance in verse 4. 
that is incorruptible, undefiled, and fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. We have no idea what's coming. But I'm telling you, it's going to be out of this world. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, it is going to be some kind of awesome. Though he goes on, who are kept by the power of God through faith. So presently, we got a lot of things to look forward to. But right now, presently, we are kept through the power of God or by the power of God through faith unto salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last time. We're living there, baby. Come on. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your what? The trial of your what? The trial of your faith. Now, if you want to, you can float down the river with the rest of the world into the cesspool, or you can fight the good fight of faith. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Huh? If you want to acquiesce and just become like the world and do what the world's doing, live like the world, you can, but not me. Glory to God, we're swimming upstream. We're going to heaven, hallelujah. So notice in this scripture here, it says that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, and receiving the end of your salvation, even the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. You know, you get to the uh, reward seat of Christ, it's going to be glorious. Can you say amen? amen? It's going to be glorious. So we can rejoice in the promises of God and what it is that he said. So if we find ourselves in a little hardship or difficulty or challenge, hallelujah, the Bible says right here that we're going to rejoice with joy unspeakable and receive the end of our salvation, even the salvation of our souls. And not only that, but the Bible says right here, you know, in, in reading this, that, you know, there's, there, I mean, this, you're standing fast, you're being a person of faith, you're believing God. Your obedience and engagement within the kingdom of God, all of these things, hallelujah. There's going to come a day when you're going to be able to stand before the Lord and he is going to rehearse because all of it's recorded. And he'll rehearse every one of these moments and these times. And when you said, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I'm going to stand fast. Lord, praise God, you said in your word, I'm taking the high road. I'm going to love the unlovely. I'm going to love my enemy. I'm going to do what the word of God says. And there's coming a day when there is going to come a reward for every one of those things that you have done. And it is going to be some kind of glorious. Can you say amen? So it's so important for us as believers to walk in faith. I'm going to read this. I, I wrote this down. I was, uh, it was during my devotion. I can't even tell you when it happened. But I wrote it down. Anytime you make an attempt towards kingdom advancement, there's always pushback. Always. If you decide you're going to live for Jesus, there's going to be pushback. If you decide you're going to live righteous, there'll be pushback. You know, all of these things. So anytime you make an attempt towards, <laughs> you like my notes? Are you kind of wondering about this too? 
you know, it started coming to me, so I had to go to the kitchen, and I got in her uh, uh, drawer, and this is what I come up with, you know, man, hey, you got to go with what you find, you know. Anytime you make an attempt towards kingdom advancement, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. When you set your children down and you talk to them about, listen, we're living for God, we're going to church, we're going to believe the Bible, we're going to do what's right. Whenever you do that, you're advancing, you're pushing the kingdom forward, and there's always pushback, always. When you push the kingdom forward, there's pushback from hell. The Bible tells us to contend. Well, I don't want to do that. No, the Bible says let the weak say what? You're strong. You can't be weak because he's made you strong. Be strong in the Lord. So weakness and, you know, um, however you would describe that is not part of your makeup. You say, well, I sure don't feel that way. We're not talking about the way you feel. We're talking about what it is he's done. And so, yeah, you got to renew your mind. You got to change the way you think. You got to look at things differently. Hallelujah. You got to, as the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. The Bible tells us to condemn, contend with regard to kingdom realities. One of them, Jesus is coming again. There are a lot of people, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and who in God's green earth would ever listen to this guy on spiritual matters anyway? On the Fox News feed, he's talking that, that spiritual things is a bunch of, it's a fallacy. It has no bearing whatsoever. It's kind of like when, you, when you're dead, you're dead like a dog. Well, I got news for him. I'm telling you what, he's going to have a rude awakening. Huh? So don't follow him. Okay? And he did admit that it wasn't a, a, an area or whatever that he was very up on. So shut up. You know, that, that's a good thought. Anyway, but kingdom realities and, and righteousness, when you're, when you're pressing forward to have the will of God manifested in your life, there's pushback. And when it comes to the supernatural, my God, I mean, you know, everybody in the hell itself will do everything it can to keep you from experiencing God's supernatural power in your life. Are you with me? But it's worth pursuing, huh? Huh? They all get resisted by hell most of the time through human reasoning. Jesus faced it every day. Every day that man woke up and got ready to, excuse me, do ministry, he was dealing with it. All this pushback from hell. And then, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I, there was an example. You know, thank God for the politicians that love God and those that are at least embracing what is righteous or righteousness. I wrote it down. They will be attacked by lies. You know, uh, hell will, I mean, show up big time. Attacked by lies in an attempt to malign their character and literally destroy them. If, they, if, if hell can. Because he doesn't want a voice that's up there on a platform speaking the truth. Are you with me? You know, Tim Scott is a black man that's um, thrown his hat in the ring for the presidency. I think he's got like 2% of, you know, uh, popular vote. And so he's, he's in there, you know. And uh, he was on some television show, and, and they were trying to rake him over the coals because he was an exception. And he says, 
That is an absolute disgusting, you know, um, attack against the character. Are you trying to tell me that black people can't achieve things, you know, and, and because this whole victim thing, dude, he, he, he unraveled them. And I thought more power to you, buddy. Hallelujah. And they were all on their heels, you know, and whatever. So thank God for what it is that, you know, and, and, um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's what happens. It's a, it's a, um, it is a very clear manifestation of what you see hell trying to do, okay, to destroy people. Hell only has, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> hell has only one tactic, lying, okay? And he brings fear to people. And then there's uh, a lot of other things here that probably, yeah, don't matter. Well, they matter, but not in the context of what we're talking about. Everybody say it together. I'm so thankful that God has given me faith. That there is a God in heaven that I can trust. And that he will always, he will always, he will always put me over. Hallelujah. See you through. Make sure, praise God, that your needs are met and that God, you know, is the one who gets the glory. Can you say amen? So again, back to the verse of Scripture back there, John chapter 8 and 31. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth. And the truth, what will it do for you? Hmm. Wow. That's what I needed. So freedom begins in our lives with knowing the truth. Okay? For example, you know, you find out, by golly, you know, I just discovered in the Bible that I don't have to be poor no more. Hallelujah. That God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That I can trust him for the needs that are in my life. And if I'll follow him and if I'll obey him, you know, and if I'll learn and praise God, I can be the head and not the tail. I can be above only and not beneath. I can do whatever it is that he asked me to do. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and, and a lot of times in our lives, we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves. You know, in the Old Testament, the Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel because they wouldn't obey him. They didn't believe him. And they ended up dying in the wilderness. You know, I, I tell the story all the time. You know, when we went to Tulsa, I could have had, well, our lives could have been so much different if I would have just believed God. But when he told me to sell a siding, I said, I can't. Don't ever say you can't. You can do whatever it is he asks you to do. Huh? Are you listening to me? You know, now I didn't think I could. Sometimes people, you know, God will speak to them and they really, they just don't want to. Yeah, thanks. That was great. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, you, you got to do what it is that you got to do. Are you with me? This morning, I didn't want to get out of bed. I slept all night, man, till six o'clock, and she was up getting around, getting ready to go to the pool. And I, you know, woke up and I thought, man, that was awesome. So I thought, well, she's leaving. I'm going back to sleep. And I did. And I wake up about every, yeah, 30 minutes, 6.30. Oh, I can do some more. Then it was seven o'clock. 
then it was 710. And I thought, man, everything's perfect. You know, uh, pillows are in place, temp is awesome. I'm sleeping like a teenager. I don't want to get up. But I knew that if I was going to end up in Bellevue in a uh, exercise class at 830, it was time. So guess what? You get up. Huh? Didn't want to. You know, there's a million. As a matter of fact, last night before we retired, well, we were just getting ready to retire. I said, have you ever felt like you just don't want to go to the pool? She goes, oh, have I ever? But, you know, in the morning you wake up and guess what? You go do it. Are you with me? There's things in life. Sometimes, you know, the Lord will lead us in certain directions. And, you know, maybe that's not the, the final end to whatever it is that's going on. But we just got to do what we got to do. Are you with me? And then God will lead us and guide us and move us forward. Can you say amen? I work for my brother-in-law, you know, for, I don't know, a few months. See, we got back in May, so I probably started in June. And then I worked up through March, you know, for, so it was nine months or something like that. And it was an ugly job, okay? You know, I worked in, at a packing plant where all the cattle came in and they were, we had all these lots, you know, whoever the cattle belonged to. And I was the one pulling pens. So you got to make sure you got boots, tall boots, do it, you need any more explanation? No. You know, and then there was washing all this stuff down every day. You know, we got these big hoses. And we're having to wash all this stuff down. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I kind of felt like the prodigal son. But, you know, it's a paycheck. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So I'd work from 6 till 2.30. And then when I got off, I'd go home and we'd have a visit. And then I'd go to work again and paint houses. Why? Because we need money. It isn't going to come, you know, last time I checked, we bought this piece of ground in September of 78, and there were no money trees on that property. I looked. Huh? Are, are you getting this? But you know what? God blessed the work of our hand. And we did this, and we did this, and we started the church. And now all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing three things. And then the Lord speak, spoke to me and said, I didn't, paint, I didn't call you to paint houses. I called you to preach my word. And so I said, you know what? You're right. Hallelujah. I'm wrong. You lead me, Lord, and I'll get out of this deal. And I did. And he did. Are you listening to me? Come on. You know, sometimes, you know, we just got stuff we got to do until we get there. And then we can do something else. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, this has really been different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> um, let's see. Turn to Ephesians we got about 20 minutes here. We'll, we'll get some more in here. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, something that the Apostle Paul, when he was praying, I think we looked at this last week, uh, if I remember correctly, I think we got here. Ephesians chapter 1, the prayer of Paul, one of the two prayers that are in Ephesians. Notice this one here. Um, verse uh, 15, wherefore I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to, unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now he's going to start to pray. 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now listen, may give unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and, what's the next word? Revelation. In the knowledge of him, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. There are a lot of folk, man, they got their head full of knowledge and they couldn't put two ends together if their life depended on it. Are you with me? No, it's, the, it's wisdom, the ability to use the knowledge that God gives to you and, he said, revelation. That doesn't come from any place except from heaven. When you know that you know that you know that you know that you know because he spoke to you. So he's praying that they'll have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you may know, number one, what is the hope of his calling, number two, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and number three, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Thank God for his authority that he's given to the church, that he's given to you, so that you and I can fight our battles successfully when the devil comes. Hallelujah. And we don't have to give him any place, thank God, because we win. Amen? Everybody say, I'm a winner, not a loser. Glory to God forevermore. So in talking about this, about what it is that Paul was talking about here, as we feed on God's word, not only does faith come, but revelation into the known will of God becomes a reality within our heart. It's through the washing of the water of the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you how? Richly. Hallelujah. So, so we want an abundance of God's word on the inside of us. Why? So that the Holy Ghost can take it, use it, speak to us, empower us, give us what we need whenever it is that we need it. Hallelujah. Are, are you listening to me? Amen. <laughs> My wife and I, we were out uh, raking hay today. I've never raked hay in my life. I've been calling the farmer, getting the whole lowdown on what it is that you're supposed to do. Now, I got to tell you, this field ain't pretty, okay? Because I've never done it before. I will get better. I did kind of get it, you know, kind of, kind of. Well, she was, I was gonna, she, she called me, she says, hey baby, you know, if you wanna come in and take a little nap, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, run the rake for a while. I said, come on out. So she got in, you know, and she's, and it, everything's great till you get to the end. And then you gotta turn around, what do you do? Because this thing behind you is putting, hey, maybe where you don't want it. As a matter of fact, most definitely where you don't want it. So how do you turn around? I mean, you know, I've never been around these things before. Are you with me? All right. So if you drive by my house, do not, well, you can laugh. You can do whatever you want. I mean, it's just kind of out there. And I'll knot it up tomorrow and somebody will come along with a baler and you'll never see it again. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So anyway, my point to all of that, I don't even know what my point is. What is my point? Oh, when you first got, get started, you don't know everything, you know? But as you feed on the word, you begin to learn and to understand. And God gives you wisdom, you know, so that you don't do dumb things anymore. Are you with me? He'll teach you how to handle your money. He'll teach you how to, you know, love your wife, love your, your husband. He'll teach you all these things if you'll just let him. And he does it through the word of God, of course, and by the Holy Ghost. 
So again, as we feed on the word, faith comes, but also revelation into the known will of God comes. See, I'll give you this example. If you've been raised in poverty, you know, or lack, deficiency, things of that nature, then God will change the imagery on the inside of you and cause you to think and act differently if you listen to him. Now, you could stay there if you want, but if you read the Bible, that's not where he wants you to stay. He told Abraham, I'm going to bring you out from your own countrymen, your own people. I'm going to lead you to a land that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. You will be blessed, and every nation will be blessed. Nations will come from you. And guess what? That guy said, I'm in. And God began to do exactly what he said he would do. Now, you know, if you listen to some folks, they just want you to be, you know, without and going without, and it's supposed some, some, some mark of uh, humility or spirituality. It's not. It's humiliating. You know, when you can't pay your bills, when you can't take your kids, you know, to the Dairy Queen for an ice cream cone or whatever it is, you know, dude, that ain't cool. And it's not God. But if you've been raised in it, then you got to work through that and you got to change the imagery and the way that you think on the inside of you. God is not opposed to you having things. He's opposed to things having you. And you know, I mean, there are people in the body of Christ, believers, Christians, and they are, they're covetous. They're so tight that when they walk, they squeak. They're not generous. Are you listening to me? And they got an issue. And they have to deal with it. The Bible says the liberal soul will be made fat. You can't ever outgive God. Are you listening to me? Amen. So when you obey God, I guarantee you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. So if you've been raised in poverty, God will change the imagery within you, cause you to think and act differently. In other words, he'll move you from being stingy to generous. Are you with me? And there will be tests. He'll speak to your heart and say, hey, I want you to give so much in the offering. You go, what? I've never given that much money in my life. I know, but I want you to do it. It's a test. That's all it is. Will you or won't you? Okay? Now, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I haven't passed all those tests. Okay, thanks for your honesty. But thank God there are some of them that I have. And, and it, it really doesn't have anything to do with the amount. It's just, what are you willing? You know? I mean, it can be a simple thing. The Lord speaks to you and says, hey, I want you to go over to your neighbor's house or whoever it is and this and that and the other. And, and I want you to, you know, do this or that or whatever. Or buy their groceries. I, I don't know. Whatever it is. It's a simple thing. But you know what? When we hear the Holy Ghost talking to us, we need to obey. Are you with me? And, and, and again, you know, generosity is all over in the Bible. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what generosity does is it breaks the hold of, of being stingy and, and uh, tight-fisted in your life. Don't let money control you. You control it. Are you listening to me? And when you do that, you're blessed. The Bible says there is that scatters and yet increases there is that withholds more than is right, but it tends to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Uh, the the uh, English Standard Version says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. 
Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. How many of you believe that? I believe that. Praise God. I mean, I got no problems whatsoever believing what God said. Are you listening to me? So we can be generous. You know, Paul said it this way. He said this, I say, he that sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. And he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly nor of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. Everybody say, yes, he is. Yeah, to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it's written, he has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, who's the one doing the sowing? We are. Now, he that ministers or gives seed to the sower, and you're the sower, he goes on to say, both minister bread for your food, multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything unto all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Listen, you guys, learn to be generous. Just, and, and I'm not, again, it's not about the amount. Huh? It's not about the amount. This is just an idea or a thought that came to me. Uh, I was in having some work done on the uh, uh, airplane. And so these maintenance guys, you know, they're in there all the time. I've developed relationships with them, you know, and know know them all. So so I went down to Panera's and I bought some of them good pastries, you know. I bought this box up there, you know, and and, um, I knew that they had a break time. I don't know if it was 9, 30, 10 o'clock, but I brought it up there and I said, hey, you guys. Uh, I talked to the one uh, guy that said, I bought these for you. Dude, you'd think I'd hung the moon, you know? And, I, and it wasn't like I was trying to give to get. I just wanted to bless them, huh? So I just brought them to them. Guess what? They disappeared. Yeah, no problem. Are you with me? And so it isn't, you know, it, it, it um, well, you kind of get it. Hopefully you get it, okay? If you have an opportunity, praise God, learn to be generous, um, that way money will lose its hold over you. Because like I said, you know, you, people are driven by greed. And then you take these hoarders. You know, all the stuff they got there, it's junk. What is that? That is a spirit. That's not normal. You know? There was a guy that tells a story about he, he died in Chicago and he lived in abject poverty, you know. He was just, you know, um, running around the streets. When he died... And, and they took him into the, uh, um, where the morticians, you know, takes him. He had $26,000 in a belt around his waist. Here, this guy, he could have went into any restaurant on the planet and ate the best and the finest of food. And here he is living in abject poverty. Dude, that's, 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 that's weird. Are you with me? Okay, I mean, that's extreme, but uh, it exists. So, you know, and I, I think a lot of it's driven by people thinking that afraid, they're afraid of not having enough. I know, we, we drive on our motorcycles. I know a place where you can stop and, and a guy, ha, he'll drive a car and he'll fill it full of stuff and then he parks it. He'll buy another car and he'll fill it full of stuff and then he parks it. 
And this guy by his house has five cars full to the ceiling with stuff. That's not normal. I don't know if you knew that or not, you know. But I think it's just, you know, fear that drives people, you know, of not having enough. So let's not do that. Can you say amen? All right, I have seven minutes. I, got to, I want to change the subject from money to the things you say. Now, listen, we're talking about Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. So we talked about, you know, how he wants your life to be blessed. And one of them is through the divine law of sowing and reaping. Okay, when you sow, you reap and so on and so forth. And there's, you got to have the right motive. And I don't have time to get in that because if I do, my seven minutes is, now I'm down to six. See what you did? Okay, so, but I want to talk about the things we say. Okay, now Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. You believe the Bible tonight, don't you? Okay, listen to this. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his what? Mouth. Oh, it's not up there. Oh, Kathy. There it is. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. You say, well, I know that, man. You just stuff it and you get satisfied. That's not what it's talking about. It's what's coming out of that mouth. Amen? And with the harvest of his lips shall he be filled, okay? So we're gonna be satisfied with the fruit of our mouth, okay? And the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him is another translation. Uh, um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse two. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. I tell you what, the things you talk about and the things you say, they carry weight. Huh? James said it this way, he said, that little thing there called your tongue is like the rudder on a ship, and it, it, it sends you wherever it, the governor, lists, you know? So we need to be careful about the things that we say. A lot of folk, you know, they, they, don't, they um, disregard what it is that I'm sharing with you. But I'm telling you what, you better be careful about the things you're talking about. Are you with me? Because a little fire, a big fire can get kindled by just a little flame. You know that. You know, you get in an argument and all of a sudden everything blows up and you're going, what on God's green earth? How did I get here? with that. Amen. So the way you talk, it carries weight, whether you believe it or not. God judged Israel out of their own mouth. They're talking all kind of ugly about God, talking all kind of ugly about the leadership, Moses, Aaron, you know, all of that. And, and this is what he said in uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. 
They were saying, well, you know, we're going to die in the wilderness. God doesn't love us. Why in the world did you bring us out here? All of these kinds of things. Are you listening to me? Again, my friends, heaven, your father is not your problem. He's your answer. Can you say amen? So notice it goes on to say, he says, as you... uh, as I've heard my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses will fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to the whole number of 20 years of old and upward, unto the land concerning which I swore to make you to dwell therein, all of you are going to die here in the wilderness, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And that's exactly what happened. It took 40 years, you know. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 days, so the judgment came one year for every day. Hmm. That ain't cool. Huh? So we need to be, you might want to make sure, uh, think about this. Think about who it is you're hanging out with. And if they're talking ugly, maybe you don't want to hang out with them. Okay? You know, um, so I said it this way in my notes. You might want to make sure you're hanging out with and listening to the right group. Are you with me? Hebrews chapter, we're going to close because I've got two minutes. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, cast not away your confidence. Everybody say, I'm not going to. No, you're not going to. Cast not away your confidence, for it has great recompense or reward. You guys, many of you, you're in battles, you're dealing with stuff, you're pushing against, you know, you're wanting to advance the kingdom in your life. And I'm telling you, God is telling you tonight, don't you dare cast away your confidence because it has a great recompense or reward. You need endurance, patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. Hallelujah. Right now, the just shall live by faith. Huh? We're living by faith. The just shall live by faith. So let's do it. Hallelujah. Let's, let's read that scripture. I'm going to read the whole thing because I, I, uh, I missed a part of it, and I want you to get the whole part. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, and, and yeah, there it is. Cast not away your confidence, verse 35, which has great recompense or reward. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while... For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Hallelujah. And will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no uh, pleasure in him. But thank God we are not of those that draw back under destruction or perdition. But we are of those that believe. Everybody say, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Praise God. To the saving of the soul. So let's not cast away our confidence. Let's keep on keeping on. Amen. The Bible says, as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe. We therefore speak what the word of God says. I am the head, not the tail. God's made me above and not beneath. Glory to God. I can't go under for going over. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Christ being made a curse for me. So the blessing of God would come upon my life. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, man, we ought to rehearse it often, long, and hard. So we can get some of this stuff. You know, the righteousness which is of faith says to believe and speak. 
So let's believe the Word of God and let's start saying what the Word says. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. You know, the truth of the matter is we're having what we say. Huh? Good, bad, or ugly. But thank God we can get that change, can't we? Can't we? Can't we get that change? David, can we get that change? Sure we can. Absolutely. Let's just start saying what he says. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you, life will be a whole lot better. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Yeah, it's better than that marriage stuff anyway. Hallelujah. No, I'm sure that stuff's really good. So praise God. Listen, let's everybody stand up. I've, I've talked long enough. It's 802. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Father God. We're so grateful for what you've said in your word and that which you promised. And Father, as we delight in you tonight, we just thank you, Father God, for helping us to take heart and to believe what it is that you have said. Hallelujah. For every word that you've spoken is true. God, I thank you for divinely leading people tonight in the way of peace. Let it serve as an umpire within their life. What would peace have me to do? Because there is no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no worry in you. And God, I just thank you that as you whisper to men and women's hearts tonight, that God, they'll hear and know. And not only that, but, but with that will come confidence and there'll, there'll be assurance and there'll be peace within us to do what it is that we need to do. So I just thank you tonight so very much. Oh God, how grateful we are. Father, help us to put a watch over our mouths that we say only what you say and that we do only what you do. And God, I just thank you for helping us to know that you are our provider and that you will keep your word, that you will see to it, Father God, that everything that we have need of will be met in the name of Jesus. And so I just thank you, Father, for your blessing, your kindness. Oh, Father. Thank you for your goodness. We rejoice in you, O Lord. Guide us in our giving this evening, Father God, as we have this opportunity to honor you. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing on every home, every family, every life that has made this church their home, Father. For all these over 40 years, Father, I thank you for what it is you've done to bring your grace, your blessing, your peace, your kindness and generosity to so many people. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your continued blessing in every life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated.